What's up, family? Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I am your host for ever doing the most, Micah Stokes, and I'm joined by none other than my brother, my man in the place to be is will be yes sir yes sir. right here with me i'm so excited to be here so excited to be here will b is be. for bars oh bars Ooh. b is for blessed Ooh. b is for boss get them that's all i got that's it we're gonna throughout <laughs> the season i'm gonna have more like wheezy f would be like will be the b is for fill in the blank fill in the blank you got it hey you the b it. is for the blank the, the b is for blank <laughs> i love it be love that it, as man. it may be that as Ooh, it may um, we're really excited about bringing uh this particular episode to you guys micah you had the opportunity to sit down uh with a very bright gentleman yes he um has a really unique perspective on life but also the christian walk because he is from uh an african country yes he's and from uganda so he is from Uganda and he met you here in the States. And mm -hmm. so you all had a great conversation about how kind of his um, life experiences and him being from there, coming here, shaped his his, um, you know, insights on the Christian walk and, mm -hmm. and mission work. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, absolutely great. No, man. Like I was telling you earlier, he um, he's he's described to me uh, in my head, you know, um, the full interview that I had with them, it was like, man, you really had this coming to America sort of exactly. experience. Yeah. Um, the Christian version, you know, <laughs> uh, if you know, you know. Um, does he does he have like a little rat tail ponytail? No, thing? no, <laughs> no, he didn't have that. Okay. He didn't have that. No, he, he, he came he came to 2000 and, you know, okay, the, got the 2000s, not not. Well, not the 80s right okay cool <laughs> but no man his conversation with me was really great really insightful um i walked away with a lot of perspective and uh i hoped we were hoping to share that perspective with you today especially when he talks about you know american christianity especially when it comes to missions and his experience with missionaries in places like africa um so without further ado let's jump right into it family let's get it So I know we had touched on it lightly. and You had already touched on it um, a little bit earlier when you were talking about, you know, missionaries coming to Africa mm -hmm. and a lot of them staying. Mm. Recently, there's been kind of this, uh, especially within black communities for like black Christians, where we kind of have this sense of like, what's the point of mission trips? And you kind of echoed the same thing where you said, you know, people would come, mission trips, people would come and they paint the wall, for example. Mm. And then two months later, another mission trip people would come and they paint the same wall that the other people just painted not just to give it a new coat but just to have something to do just yeah. busy work and then they take pictures like hey we're doing something in africa yeah. and, um you said you've seen that even before you came to america yeah. um yeah. talk a little bit about some of that i don't think some people understand where it's like some mission trips and this isn't talking about everyone of course yeah but a lot of mission trips have become less missional and more busy work yeah Kind of like community service, yeah. Yeah, I, and I mean, I'm so grateful for all the mission mission work. I think that's how I'm here. God used that a lot. I've seen that happen in many lives. Many lives have been changed. Mm. But um, at the same time, there could have been better, better ways of doing things. And I think this part of it is the culture, not mm. understanding the culture. Um, uh, I speak... 
at least English, I can understand, uh, you know, many things in English, but I still struggle with the culture here, mm -hmm. you know. And so uh, I grew up speaking English. I've been with missionaries in my country and, you know, uh, so it's not my first time. I understand. I mean, that's how I'm speaking to you. Yeah. Yeah. But I still don't understand the American culture. Some things mm. drive, like, they, they make me think, I don't even know how to comprehend some things because they're just different. The yeah. culture is different here, you know. And so it's different for me that way. I speak the language. I speak English. I'm here in the U.S. How about someone who doesn't even speak any African language, who comes from the U.S. and goes to do a mission trip for just two weeks or three weeks or four weeks? Right. They don't, they hardly understand anything. I mean, many people get through these, um, what do you call it, briefings before they go on a mission trip. They tell them, yeah, you're going to Angola. Angola is like this. Stay away from this. Eat this. Don't eat this and all that. That doesn't have anything to do with the people there. Mm. So you don't actually understand the culture there. And I know many people that I've known for more than 10 years, very sweet people doing missionaries in my country. Uh, most of them are like family to me. They are family to me here. Mm -hmm. And they keep going every year or sometimes twice a year. Yeah. And over the years, they start to understand the culture. Right. In the first place, you don't, you know. But even after 10 years, if you ask them many things they don't know, mm -hmm. one, they don't understand the language. Language is very key to any culture. Is there a lot of different languages? Yeah, so like just uh, so live, Africa right? has many, many countries, okay. just like the US. Yeah. So like North Carolina, for example, my country is just like North Carolina. But my country alone has more than 40 different languages. That means 40 different cultures. That means 40 different ways of eating food and cooking it. Wow. That means 40 different different dances and songs and instruments, you know, 40 different ways of marriage. You know, wow. how people marry, yeah. you know, how people, the ceremony of marriage. That means 40 different uh, dances in church, you know, mm. 40 or more different needs for any society, community you're in. Right. You know, and so you don't know any of those, any of those. So it gets difficult. One, because you don't know the language. Language is key. Two, you don't really, you have not spent time with those. You're only spending three weeks there. You don't know people. People are going to love you and people will be very nice to you because they are nice. Generally, Africans are very welcoming. But you don't understand them. And in Africa, because they respect visitors, they let you, also because you have the money, uh, mm -hmm. they let you do what you want to do because they think you know. But you don't know. And you go from here, you think you know what you're going to do, mm -hmm. you know. So the best way I've seen uh, many missionaries do things is when they have partners on the ground and they ask the partners to run the mission trip. Mm. It's like me coming from Africa with all the money and I'm trying to help people here and I've never been to America. Where am I going to start? Like I'm going to run into, uh, what do you call it, the, the assisted living home and start helping people. I'm going to go to jail because they don't know me. I've not <laughs> registered, you know. Right. Uh, in my country, you won't go to jail, but people, it just won't add up. I don't yeah. know the culture here. It doesn't make as big of an impact. Yeah. Like the people who you say who, you know, keep going back every year or twice yeah. a year, for, yeah. you know, 
they start to get it and that's when they start to make the biggest yeah, difference. Yeah, that's when the biggest impact starts yeah. to develop mm. uh, because you have more, you start to understand the culture. Africans are not animals where you just go and do a one week mission trip and you change the whole nation. No one mission trip has ever changed uh, the whole culture or the whole nation. Mm -hmm. It's a relationship. Africans are more relational, you know. Mm. And so you have to develop that relationship. Yeah. If you just go for one week, then let the people on the ground, the partners you're working with, let them run most of it. Because they're going to um, be there afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. after you leave, they're going to explain what happened or what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. And uh, so also many people go to Africa thinking they're going to save Africa. Mm. One, uh, Africa is really, uh, we need a lot of education and a lot of business ideas and a lot of, uh, mostly in the church ministry, really like more of the theological debate. But mm. Africa is not a pagan continent. Yeah. Africa is full of Christians. Africa is full of people who pray almost every day. They, they are committed to God. It's not like, uh, they are not just like praying out of their spare time. That's people devote their times to God, you know, and and so Africa has many Christians. Mm -hmm. So um, most people, I think the problem is uh, most people go with the mentality of, hey, I'm going to save Africa, you know. Uh, no, you're going to serve. And there's a lot you can learn from Africa, actually. Mm. There's a lot of things that uh, many people can learn from Af African Christianity. Yeah. You know, um, maybe, so yeah, this maybe. mentality is, I think the most part is this savior mentality. You are yeah. not Jesus. You don't go mm. to Africa like you are the Jesus. You're going to save people's souls. No, go to serve and, you know, let God use you. And you also learn from other people there because they have a lot of things to teach you culturally. They have many things uh, uh, to teach you by the way of just culture, living together. Many things in the Bible where Jesus says, live like this. We do in Africa. Yeah. Just That's our culture, you know. Mm. And so you're coming from uh, the U.S. You're from high school. You went for a year in a college. Uh, and then you go with a mission trip. What are you going to teach Africans? You've been homeschooled all your time. Like, really, what are you going to teach them? Yeah. So you have all this mentality. You're going to save people. But you're not going to save anybody, you know. And so it's this kind of like pride mentality of saving. You're not the Jesus. And this is regardless whether you're black African or you're white, you know. Um, and it's not just about Africa. Even going to these countries, the Muslim countries where I hear, oh, they've never heard of Jesus. They have heard of Jesus, you know. Mm -hmm. Again, like I normally ask people, you're going to, I don't know, what Muslim countries do people normally go to? I only know the ones that, you know, people deploy to. So, yeah. yeah. So, like maybe um, Sudan or something uh, like that. Um, I, um, I mean, no, like outside Africa. Like, outside Africa, yeah, Muslim like, countries? Yeah. Uh, I guess like Okay, Iraq, any, any, any Muslim country yeah. that people go on mission trips there. I mean, who is number one enemy of the Muslim? Christianity. You know, I, I Christians guess, yeah. are number one enemies <laughs> to Islam, right? I've always and so you don't one, yeah. tell me that they don't teach them about their enemy. Hmm. Muslims, they see it in devotions, just like we do. They read their Quran, not just in a mosque. They have, they do just like we do. They tell them, oh, just like you tell your fellow believer about the Islam, you know, faith. Yeah. Because, so there's not, not such a thing like they've never heard the word Jesus. Now, they've never really heard what it means, just like many Christians don't know what Islam believes in, you know, yeah. what they actually, their belief system. But there's not such a thing like, oh, Christians have never heard the, the name Islam or Muhammad or Allah. 
yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, so it's this um, idea that I'm going to go and tell them about Jesus and they'll all be shocked and then the Holy Spirit is going to come and shake the ground and everyone is going to be saved and I'm going to come with a trophy. Yay! That's not how it's working, at least not in Africa, you know. So yeah. that's where it's wrong. I don't think it works like that anywhere. Yeah, not <laughs> anywhere, you know. So well, you're going to serve people. There, there are there are people groups I know that are, you know, the isolated people groups where it's like they don't get any interaction and stuff like that. Yeah. And, but those are, you know, those are rare. Um, so I think you're going to serve people. Yeah. And, uh, and um, you're going to serve people that I need. And many people, when they go, they see the need. Uh, just, you know, see how people are living with joy and contentment with nothing. They don't have mm. anything. That's another thing to learn, you know. When you go, uh, when I come to the U.S., I came to learn and study. Every day I'm still learning, even though I start, I still get stuck and, you know, I don't understand the culture, but it's an opportunity for me to learn. I didn't come to save America just because I'm from a good social culture. Mm. I can tell you about it, but I can't change you. you yeah. Know? So I don't have this savior mentality. I can only tell you there's home where it's, it feels good to know that you're not black. You don't think about yourself as a black man. Mm. You think about yourself as a human being, you know? But I can't change you. I can't go up to the police and tell them, hey, stop being a racist or something. I can't even start to be, I've been racially profiled many times here in the US, but I can't be bitter about it because mm. being bitter about it won't change anything. That's right. You know, so you can only be happy and really uh, it's in your head and, um, it's real because I've seen it. Me coming from Africa, I, I know what my brothers and sisters here feel. Mm -hmm. But don't be bitter about it. It's yeah. not going to help anything, you know. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, again, going to Africa for missions, uh, just the mindset of going to save everybody is wrong. Yeah. And then when you go, the, the tricky part is the churches here will gather support and they are going to a country for the first time. You know, and they gather all this support and they want to build, you know, all these structures and paint. And when they get there, the Africans will not tell you um, that you can't do that. They'll let you do what you want to do because it's your money mm. until you engage them, you know. And then you find out where they actually Yeah, I've, need. I, again, I think yeah. I've told you, I've seen many people come paint the same building after um, like four months when another team painted it. Yeah. You know, but they didn't, you know, they didn't want to tell them because it's your money. You didn't ask, really. Africans don't force, they don't force themselves on you. Mm. You ask and we are not pushy like here. You have your own money. Okay. So, and again, at the same time, I know many churches that send mission trips. These mission trips, they have someone who has been going to Africa and they are way more effective because mm. they have partners. Yeah. Africans work with partnership. You know, it's not you coming to rule over them. They are tired of that. They are, they've seen that. They are not like fools, you know. Yeah. And again, everywhere, you know, because you don't do that in China. When people go for mission trips in China, they don't do that. Yeah. When people go to Iraq to do mission trip or whatever, you don't do that. Why do it in Africa? You work with partners. Yeah. I think, I think when we have, when we hear, speaking kind of from an American perspective, I think when we hear about missions, you know, missions trips and fulfilling the great commissions. And, you know, we were commissioned to go. And, you know, I think when we think about missions, we get that savior mentality. Because as a soldier, I can see this where it's like, if I'm giving a mission, there's a purpose in mind. And usually that purpose involves life or death. What I, it took me a while to get to realize is that um, 
even as a soldier, when I deploy, mm. my biggest asset and my biggest ally will always be relationships, mm. not mm. just with the people who are deploying with me, mm. but the people who are already there, who are willing to work with us, the friends we actually have there. Mm. Because I, I'm from New York and North Carolina. I've never set foot over there. I don't know yeah. where I'm going and what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I'm going to blunder into things. Mm. And that's as a soldier who's actually sent there on mission. I mean, I'm there with a gun. You know, it's like it doesn't get much more serious than that when you deploy. So as Christians, when we hear missions, I think we can sometimes adopt the same mentality of I'm going there to save somebody. Like this is a search and yeah. rescue mission, yeah. which we can find in the Bible where it's like, you know, Jesus came to seek out and save that the mm. lost. And yes, we should be going and bring the good news. How beautiful are those mm. who, you know, are the feet of those who go and bring the good news. But that's still relational, just like yeah. here in the United States. It's like I can't change my methods or my thinking to how I evangelize here in the States yeah. just because I'm overseas and I assume that I am the superior yeah. human being because of my intellect or opportunities so, or money. Yeah, I think even with that, Jesus came to save. He said, go tell them of the good. He said, go tell them, spread mm -hmm. the word. Yeah. He didn't say, go save them. Yeah. He just said, go tell them. Your mission is to go say, share in the love, don't force them. Don't do so. Uh, okay, so when people go to any other country from the U.S. as soldiers, the mindset is they are coming from the best country, right? Mm. Which is true. They are like the best soldiers. They have the best weapons, right? They have the best technology. When you go as a mission trip, you don't go as an American. Mm. You go as a Christian. Yeah. You don't go as a British guy or woman you don't go as a chinese if you're going on a christian mission you go as a christian all christians are the same we lay our humility to the cross and uh all our american uh, whether it's american um, superiority or chinese or whatever that mm -hmm. doesn't matter when you take that with you you're not going as a christian you're going as an american yeah disguised in christianity so don't go like you're the best person there or because you come from the best country. No. Someone, we have missionaries from South Korea. We have missionaries from all these countries. We have missionaries from our own continent, from Africa. Mm -hmm. They are doing a great job, probably a bigger job than many people because, you know, they don't have this uh, superiority complex. So how are you going? Are you going as an American mission, mission trip or just as a Christian? Those are two different things, you know. I believe when you go as a Christian, you level the playing field because when you're engaging with Christians there mm. or people who even have, you know, like the children, mm. you know, th there's some, there's a connection that you should be able to form because you're both yeah. living. And, and in Africa, you don't have to form, you don't even, that's not something you have to even think about. Mm. Once you go there, just the society is going to change you. The, the, just those connections from the community here. Whether you're a stranger or not, people come first, you know. So it's very different. That's beautiful. Yeah. That so beautiful. humans matter there. You matter. Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're green, whether whatever, you matter, you know. Um, so, yeah. Two things um, before we head yeah. out. Um, if you could tell, it doesn't have to be just to the Christian church, but based off of, if you could just give a summary of your advice based off of the two years you've been here on like how you would urge your brothers and sisters to change their perspective and the way they live here, what would mm. you say? 
Well, first off, I would say if you get an opportunity, if you're able to go to Africa, live there. Even if it's just like two weeks, don't live in a hotel. Live with the common people. Mm -hmm. It's going to change you because many things that I'm saying here, it's not even 0.01% of what's there. Mm. I, I don't know. If you get an opportunity, go. Yeah. Um, the other thing is many people struggle. I think I struggle a lot. Uh, each time um, I'm feeling nervous or lonely or something, you'll find many phone calls in my, in my, in, in my cell phone. You'll find I've made like 10 phone calls to different people mm. just talking to them because I miss that talking and that fellowship and community. Yeah. So many people are struggling, not because they are born struggling or they are born with, now I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, uh, but I think many people are struggling because humans we are meant to be with each other, that fellowship, and they don't have that. Mm. So you're growing in a culture where you don't have anybody. And that's why many people turn to social media and they, you know, they take all these nice pictures and selfies just to fill that vacuum of being accepted by society yeah. and their likes. In Africa, we don't have that. People don't know what Facebook is or Twitter, mm. but they have each other. You yeah. know? So many people are suffering because they don't have community. Wow. Many people reject it because uh, the system is telling you community is bad, everyone is dangerous, or the men are, are bad, they might sexually harass you or something like that. And they are taking something from you. That's fellowship. Mm. As a Christian, you have to fellowship. You have to, uh, to forbear with one another, you know. And so um, this is just not for the black folks or white. That's humanity. We are made to fellowship with one another. Yeah. You know, Jesus came and uh, Jesus died for us. Why? Not because we are important, but there's that aspect of humans. Humanity comes first. So before you run to your dog or your neighbor's dog and you bend down, say, oh, he's cute. Say hello to the owner. Mm. You know, don't love on the dog on the street and leave the owner. Why? He's a dog. He's, I mean, I know many people call dogs their home and that's okay. But human beings come first. And regardless of what, of what you consider your dog to be, mm. human being is a human being. Yeah. You know? So fellowship is what most people need. And yeah, so find community. You'll be hurt. So, you know, it, 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 it can be awkward here in this country. It mm -hmm. can be awkward. But, f you know, fall into it. Force yourself to be with community. That's really good. If you don't, you're going to be isolated. Yeah. And you are not meant to do that. You are meant to have fellowship with one another and actually get affirmation of how gifted you are and all these things. You're supposed to hear them from one another, not from social media through comments. Wow. Yeah. Those you hear those and they'll make you happy for that day, but you still have that vacuum until you meet someone truly in face to face and they tell you, I think you're gifted. This is what God is speaking to you. You can do this, you're able to. Many people don't have how that. do you think people build like go about building that sort of community though? You have to first of all, you have to realize you need it. Mm. If you don't, you're going to think you just need to be by yourself and you're introvert. And it's true, some people, may, they have different ways of exposing their energy. But that thing of introvert, extrovert, yeah. you have to know you need people, regardless how much you need them and how, how, what capacity. You need people. Just realizing, like, you're not a Christian until you, you realize you need Jesus. Mm. So it first starts with, do you know that you actually need it? Because if you don't, you will go and try it and it won't work out and still... Uh, you will not. You will give up easily because you don't know that you need it. So you need to realize you need fellowship. You need people.
you can't live without people. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. Before we head out, if you could do me one favor. Yes. Um, I don't care if it's a prayer or if it's something. Could you just bless us with um with yeah, a prayer, sure. but in your in, um, in your in your but in your native language, please. Yes, I was, uh, we, we've I'll heard pray, you, we've uh, heard your we've heard your English and we yeah. enjoy it. Um, I'll pray. I'll pray with you. Mm. Thank you. Katonda nkweba za ulodo na kuruno. 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 Nkweba za ulodo I really enjoyed that opportunity to get to talk with him, man. <laughs> by the time we were done talking, I was this close to just like, all right, I'm packing my bags, selling everything <laughs> I own. And me and the family, we're just moving to Africa. Let's do it. Let's yeah. go. I mean, he, he painted, you know, his home is a beautiful, yes. beautiful place, a place where people are so communally connected. Mm -hmm. uh, people are really look out for each other. And, um, you know, it's not a place where materialism is like mm -hmm. the number one value. There's yeah. so many other things that are important to Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And I think that shapes their faith, their yes. faith walk too. Yes. So, um, I mean, from your side, obviously you had a chance to sit down and you've listened back as well. What were some insights that you pulled away from y'all's conversation? Man, I'm trying to say this without like getting on a soapbox because he said so many things that I have felt and 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 still do feel that you know need to be emphasized within uh the church and when i say the church i'm not speaking of any particular church i'm talking about the the organism you know the 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 body of christ I'm talking about the big church capital c um we as americans with our westernized christianity have to stop thinking we are the savior of the world mm -hmm. jesus is the savior of the world he Ooh. chose he chose some of the most unlikely people to start his church, to spread the message of his gospel. And he's still doing that to this day. So we we really have to stop looking at people outside the border of our country as maybe less, less likely to be a part of this church movement than, mm -hmm. as, than we are. It's like we're, we're going to to save them. And if we're not going to save them, we're going to help them. We're yeah. going to, you know, teach them, you know, it's like, you know, we're about to go culture the rest of the world. Right. right. The thing about about missions in particular um, that I look forward to, because I, I haven't been on a mission trip yet. I've talked about it. As soon as these borders open back up, dog, <laughs> I'm, I'm gone. You know, I'm going places. And in one of the, the friendly things, skies, facts, I feel you on that. get my flight mileage up, you know. <laughs> um, but one one thing that I do want to do, one dream I do have that, you know, I pray God brings to fruition is I want to be able to travel to other places where they don't have access to the Christian Bible colleges or the seminaries, you know, the institutions of like stuff like that. I want to go and actually help the lay pastors, awesome. you know, in, in areas where it's like they need help, but, spe yeah. but specifically where they need help, I'm not coming in and imposing, Hey, you need to know this, you need this, you need that. You need a full pastoral makeover, um, American style mm -hmm. to be effective. That's the thing. It's, yeah. It's, one of the things that really struck me about what he was talking about, and obviously we are blessed and blinded mm -hmm. with the American lens, American perspective is like people in other countries, especially by this point in time, so many other people have already encountered Christianity yes. or the name of Jesus. Yes. You're not you there. 
there are still places in the world that have never heard of Jesus, but a lot of places have heard of Jesus before. So Americans, we believe we're going somewhere to, you know, shake the ground and bring this name of Jesus. And we're going to change your life because you've never heard it before. When these people, some of them are already very devoted. Some yeah. of these people already have a faith walk. And so how do we come to another place mm-hmm. and serve the people who are there without a superiority complex, yes. without this savior mentality Yeah, when they may be living a life that's different than us, but mm-hmm. may not be inferior yes. to our lives. It's just different. Exactly. And us coming could be an opportunity for us to learn something. Absolutely. From them. And that was one of the things that I was um, feeling. And one of the things I think through, especially when we live in a day and age where there's a large emphasis within the Christian world on the multi-ethnic church or the multicultural church or whatever you know terminology you want to use, the diversity within mm-hmm. the body of Christ, the actual tangible diversity that you can see and you can experience week in and week out. Right. And we try to push so hard for that here in America. And I feel like we fall short because we still haven't figured out how to do that outside of our walls, honestly. And and maybe it's, maybe it's the inverse where it's like, we haven't learned to do it inside the borders of our country within our churches that we don't do it well outside in other countries too. Cause it's like, if I'm going somewhere, yes, I realize that, my perspective, my experience, whatever God has blessed me with adds value. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going somewhere to bring value, but I can't forget that I'm going somewhere to gain value as well. If I'm going down to help lay pastors in, in Mexico or wherever, um, I can expect that my heart might be, Hey, I'm coming to serve y'all, which he said it, you know, we're not going Mm -hmm. to save. We're going to serve, you know, my heart is to serve you guys in whatever ways I can, but I'm also going to learn. Yeah. Cause yeah. I want to come back with a different perspective. I want to come back better. Just like I'm going to try to make you better. Like, yep. Yep. and that's a holistic approach to how we yeah. see the body of Christ. And where it's, it's holistic. Yeah. And it's relational, mm-hmm. which is, is what's missing oftentimes. Yes. Right. I think you said something really profound, um, you you mentioned to me that at times we we there's this gray area between whether we're going to do mission work or community service work, mm. right? Like, yeah. what's the difference? We're going to, like you guys were talking about. Oh, I'm gonna go paint this wall. We're gonna take these pictures. We're gonna yeah. eat with y'all, play with y'all kids, and we're gonna fly back to America. Yes, and that's a mission trip. When is it though? I mean, I'm sure they may appreciate the work you do, mm. but like he was talking about, some people come with their money and say, "Well, we're just gonna do this." Mm-hmm. But where's the where where on the foundation of relationship have we gone and said, what do you all actually need? Yeah. How can we serve? How can we strengthen the community, the global community of the Christ of of the believers of Christ, the yeah. global Christian community? How can we do that by yeah. coming not just to think we're going to make your life better, but community like coming together? We yeah. both have things to offer. And, and like you were talking about with the multicultural challenges that we have in the American church. Mm-hmm is kind of rooted in the same idea, some of the same ideas, one of which is we struggle to embrace differences Mm. while acknowledging that we serve one God. Exactly. How can we serve one God, but embrace the fact that your expressions are different than my expressions? Because you go to some countries because of the cultural difference within that country, it's perfectly orthodox. Mm. which is, you know, it's, it's right beliefs and orthopraxy is right action, right. you know, Orthodoxy so, so orthopraxy. exactly. So it's like, it's perfectly, it's perfectly sound from an orthodoxy standpoint or orthopraxy standpoint 
to to have dancing on Sunday in church. Absolutely. And you know, shout out to all my people who know where I'm going with this one. I'm not <laughs> necessarily just talking about, you know, your streamers and your praise dancers or even the, you know, spontaneous praise breaks. I'm talking it's cultural to worship God through dancing because it's rooted in the culture. Absolutely. And anyone who's, you know, has been on YouTube knows that African people, we get down. Yeah, man. All right. We get down. I said we like I'm one of those people. I feel like that's where it's, it probably it's, comes it's from. You know, blood. it's in my blood, Absolutely. you know. Anyone who's you know known me longer than two years knows that Micah <laughs> tends to, you know, hit a little shimmy shake, wiggle, uh -oh. wiggle, you know what I'm saying? Got a <laughs> got a few moves in me. Okay. Um, but it's fully cultural where it's like here, it's fully cultural, it's culturally acceptable. It's fully culturally acceptable, but here in our context, we might find that as out of order. Yeah. If that happened here. Right. right. You know, Depending and upon I, what sphere you're in. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like it's such a, a such a paradigm shift compared to how other countries view us, mm -hmm. because I feel like for the guy that I was interviewing um, and other people that I've talked to, they study up on America yeah, and Americans. Yeah. Right. And 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 they learn about the way we do some things they like, like he said, he doesn't fully understand everything, um, just like we can't fully expect to understand everything within a three week trip about their culture mm -hmm. or just because we read a book or a travel guide. Yeah. You know, but, you know, there is people who study. There's people out in other countries who study how we act, our mannerisms, what's mm -hmm. popular. You know, that's why they come over and they're like, I'm you know, not trying to pinpoint one certain culture or nationality, but it's just like. I've seen it, especially like growing up in New York or, you know, certain parts where there's more yeah. of an ethnic people group located there. There's certain people who, you know, they always got the best name brands on. Absolutely. Because they know that's pop culture for sure. Americans. Sure. I, I mean, American culture has a, an extensive reach around the globe. Absolutely. And that that two way street, if you will, of some people leaving America and going to another country versus another people coming from another country and coming to America it almost seems like they have much more access to what American culture and society mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. um, my argument, and depending on where you go, yeah. is do we, or my question is, do we as Americans, when we go to other places, have limited access or do we have a limited desire to learn about those places before we go? Because mm -hmm. when people come here, they want to know. They Obviously, you can watch TV yeah. and movies, which you know are global things, but... Um, you know, as Americans, how how much of a desire do we actually have to learn about the richness of people's culture before we go? Mm -hmm. Like, are we thinking, I want to get to know the the core of these people's beings, beliefs, mm. social mores, all of those things mm -hmm. before I decide I want to go and make changes in their life? Yeah. Because you got to be able to yeah. connect to people on a human level before you can bring any transformation. Absolutely. It's just like even his example talking about um, countries that have a um, majority of Muslim people yeah, or Muslim yeah. belief believers there. Um, you can't, one thing I've learned and I've taken it upon myself, you know, you've been, you've seen my library that I've been kind of growing. And Indeed. Like, I've borrowed a book already. I, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not bringing it back, but I mean, uh, I'm bringing it back. Sorry. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, well, uh, don't tell I, the librarian right, I'm bringing the right, book back. Right, right. Facts, facts. Got your address. Right. Um, but no, like, I've taken it upon myself because I realize I know very literal about other religions outside of Christianity. Yeah. So I'm studying them. I'm trying to study them within context that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not trying to, like, 
immerse myself in it to the point where it's like, all right, now maybe I'm dabbling a little too deep mm-hmm. into stuff. But it's I'm, a fine line. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to learn what they believe. Because as I've met people who were Muslim by by religion or by mm-hmm. faith, you know, I found that there are some things we have in common. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know those common denominators, you can't build a relationship with them to even begin to teach them about Jesus or yeah. to explain the gospel to them. Yeah. You know, one perfect example I think of is the Ethiopian eunuch, right? Mm-hmm. When Philip is walking down the road and the spirit tells mm-hmm. him to run up to the eunuch, what's the eunuch doing? He's reading the scroll. You know, yeah. he's reading the scriptures and he's he's like, do you understand what you're reading? He's like, no, how can I? Right. And he's like, well, can I explain it to you? And he does. He found an entry like mm-hmm. it wasn't one of those. Hey, can I come tell you about Jesus? Hey, do you <laughs> want to come to church on Sunday? Not saying all these approaches are necessarily bad, but if they're devoid of relational value of, of relational investment, sometimes it's just not as effective. Absolutely. You know, you end up being a street corner bullhorn holding, you know, sign waving mm-hmm. Christian that people are just like, all right, mental note, avoid the crazy Christian guy over here. Yeah. And everyone else who has the title Christian gets lumped into there that, you, you know? So it's yeah. like, now you you've lost relational, uh, re- relational currency. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, you know, what's interesting when you, when you go to to Vegas, they have that quite a bit. I haven't been. Yeah, I haven't been. I was, I was well, about to say yet, but I was like, you know what? I might never go. There, there, there are some who have decided to go for the purpose of telling people on the street that they are sinners and they are going to hell. And just because it's Las Vegas, because you know it's Sin City. That you know the wow, idea of you yeah, coming yeah, to gamble and and yeah. do those things. And it, it ties right back into what you were saying. Like, how effective are you really standing on this crowded street corner yelling at people mm. that they're going to hell when you could you would probably have more impact taking one person and trying to build a relationship and have a conversation than standing on a box with a mic- megaphone saying, are you people coming in and out of the MGM? Right, this right. Is, I hope you enjoy this because this is the only, you know, your eternity is like, that's not doing anything. But you know what's funny? It's truthful. It's truthful, but I feel like kind of the the holistic nature of what we're getting at is it's easy to stand on the box and yell at people. Sure. It's hard to get down and serve people. Absolutely. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Cause you don't think Jesus could have just stood up in places and yelled at people and not saying anything about prophets in the Bible who, you know, we kind of see them as the yelling, screaming, crying sure. prophet, you know, whatever. But Jesus was just so relational. He got down to serve. He said the son of man did not come to be served, but, but to, to serve. serve. And yes, so, indeed. honestly, when we have the mindset as believers that we're here to serve, first off and, for, and foremost, we're here to serve God and we're here to serve others. He said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you must become the servant of all. Absolutely. You know, and so when we get down to, on the level of being a servant to people, that's when we actually leave room for the question of, hey, how can I serve you? Mm-hmm. Or asking God, hey, how can I serve this person? Show yeah. me opportunities where I can serve others, where I can love others. Yeah. Because while standing on a box and yelling the truth at people mm-hmm. is not saying that you're telling lies. Right. The information the may information, not be incorrect, yeah, but the exactly. delivery may not be exactly. as effective as exactly. what could be. Let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. you, you really like nailed on a great point taking it back to the multinational perspective as hopefully um, our listeners and other people get the opportunity to travel to other places outside of mm-hmm. the States and hopefully yes. bring, bring the heart of Jesus and, and the gospel. How do you think we can kind of balance that out? 
mm-hmm. going, taking the initiative to leave what we're comfortable with and go to other places, but also in the, in our head and our heart coming with a, a desire to be relational. How do you yeah. think you, I feel like it starts out? with the question and, you know, it's just re- this can be really challenging for our culture. Cause I think most Christians who are people, people like, you know, kids who grow up in the church, mm-hmm. they take their first mission trip in high school, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like challenging them to ask, to ask themselves this question might be a little bit more nuanced, but I, I still think it applies either way. Um, you have to ask yourself the question, why am I going? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why am I going? And you could come up with a lot of good reasons, but the heart posture has to be, I'm going to serve others. I'm going mm-hmm. to love others. Yeah. I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ whenever I get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And notice that word share. Sharing is relational. It is. Sharing it is. is relational. Where it's like even if you ask for, you know, a cup, you ask for a cup from my kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, even that simple gesture of, you know, me giving you a cup is relational because yeah. there's, there's an exchange. There's a there's a trust. There's an Absolutely. interaction. Um, I think of like the difference between share and feed, right? Yeah. Like you have kids, so you oh, yeah. totally understand. Yeah, yeah. Like when, like you could be trying to feed someone mm-hmm. something that they don't want. Yes. Or you as a parent could be like, oh, I'm about to eat these chicken nuggets and be like, what's that? Mm-hmm. All right, let me share what I have with exactly. you, right? They're curious. They want to yeah. have part of what you have. Exactly. But if you're feeding, there's a, you know. It's a it's, force it's, feed it's, sometimes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. It's a different process. Yeah. It's two different things happen. That's a great analogy, man. Yeah. I love this conversation. Me too. I this was it. good. I'm so glad you were able to 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 talk with him. And and man, I, I was really blessed and enriched by that. And it really got me thinking about how how we can the the it's a challenge, but how we can reshape our perspective of other people who we don't get to interact with on a daily basis, mm-hmm. whether they are on another continent, whether they're in another country, in another county, on another street. How can we do that? Yeah, and, and do that in in the love of of Christ, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Really got me thinking about that. Lord, help us to love the way you love us. Yes, indeed. Well, hey, family, we hope you enjoyed this episode and this interview that we were privileged, very blessed and privileged to be able to have. And um, this isn't all that was recorded. We didn't have all the time in the world to necessarily put all the pieces in there, but we want to give it to you regardless. So if you want to check out this full episode, the unedited version the the real real <laughs> the real real version of the be real make sure you go check out our patreon page subscribe we really appreciate everyone who who uh, taps in that way everyone who gives and we want to just kind of keep giving you guys quality content as a way of saying thank you and we appreciate you guys but grace and peace to you we'll see you next time hey guys this is will be with the be real podcast and overwhelming collective We're thankful for everyone who values and shares our content. If you want to receive access to exclusive content, personal videos, and merch, go support us on Patreon. Grace and peace.